0: He Keeps on. Remember LaShawn Pace? Yeah. She's just saying that, doing great things for me. Uh, yeah. Oh, come on, Chris. He keeps right on doing great things for me. That's why I'm expecting great things because he just keeps on doing great things. And he said, I change not. So he's going to keep doing great things. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 2. Luke 2 hallelujah we're going to read verses 1 through 7 Luke 2 verses 1 through 7 y'all have it? Yes, sir. okay let's read together ready read and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria so all went to be registered every one to his own city for them in the end I want to I'll read again verse 6 and part of verse 7 it says so it was that while they were there the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son my focus is on verse 6 so it was it says that while they were there the days were completed I want to talk tonight on the subject in the right place at the right time In the right place at the right time. Lord, thank you tonight for the word that we're about to receive. Thank you that, Father, you've already prepared something for us, and we've prepared ourselves to receive it. So speak down from heaven. We, your servants, we hear. Lord, uh, inspire us by your word. Guide us by your word. Direct us by your word. Encourage us by the word of God tonight. We pray and we give you thanksgiving in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen In the right place at the right time I Tell your neighbor you're in the right place, the right place. At the right time, at the right time. Hallelujah I've been, I've been born again uh, Just over 30, 31 years Nearly 32 years This coming February Will make uh, 32 years That I've been walking with the Lord Anybody been walking with the Lord nearly that long Around that time 32 years more Praise God Praise God. Well, I was just asking for a show of hands. That's it. <laughs> Praise God. I wasn't going to ask for a testimony. I just, <laughs> amen. But I'm not tired yet. <laughs> Run with Jesus a long time, Elder Bacon. I'm not tired yet. Hallelujah. But what I've discovered over these nearly 32 years is that the more you fellowship with God, the more you begin to realize that you're not here by accident. The more you fellowship with God, you realize you are here on purpose. And whether your parents even knew each other, you didn't sneak into the earth. You didn't, you didn't, uh, it wasn't some kind of lottery drawing that got you here. You're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. And what happens for me, what has happened, continues to happen, now hopefully it happens for you, is that you become less interested in personal indulgences yeah. Yeah. and more excited about attending to the assignments that God has given you in your life. Yes. Right. There's a few of you. Right. Uh, I hope that that becomes your reality, that the more you spend with God, time you spend with God, the more you fellowship with God, the, more, the less interested you are in personal indulgences. Right. Yes. In other words, the, the less I'm interested in, in what I want, the more I'm interested in what he wants. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I still got three amens, man. That's not enough, man. Okay. Did, I, did I confuse you with the word personal or indulgence? What, what was it? okay? Indulgence, indulgence, like you indulge yourself in something. You throw yourself. You get involved. You you're interested in something. There's a little way that some of y'all look at me like, what are you talking about? But I found I've become more excited about my assignment from God.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: So I don't need a lot of games. As I've, I've, as I've matured, I don't need television. I don't need to go to every event. I don't really need to go to any events. I, 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 there's nothing, that, nothing of this world that interests me anymore. Now I, I don't, obviously by the way y'all are responding uh, You still got a ways to go, that's alright I've been with him 32 years 32 years, so in 32 years I've really separated myself from the world And not because not of my pastor Because I'm a son Because I'm a child of God See pe- people look at, well pastor, you gotta do that because you gotta study all the time No I don't have to study all the time there's books. I can buy books. I can go online and buy, and buy sermons for every, every single day of the year. So I don't have to study all the time. I study all the time because I want to know how to live. I'm, I'm walking this out just like you're walking this out. I don't get free groceries at Publix and free, free power and free car. I don't get that stuff. I got to live this life just like you have to live it. Glory to God. The devil's after me just like he's after you. In fact, more so. Right, You whoop, whoop the shepherd and the sheep, the sheep will scatter Is what the Bible says So the devil is after me more so than he's after you So I don't study because I gotta preach So my, my, my interest is no longer in personal indulgences Because man, I, I in 32 years I love the Lord More today than I did 32 years ago Praise the Lord as you grow in the spirit, you begin to spend less time on aimless pursuits and more time on destiny fulfillment. Are you follow what I'm saying to you tonight? I'm talking about your purpose. I'm talking about your assignment or assignments that God gives you. And I'm talking about destiny fulfillment. In other words, finding out from God what you're here for, what you're here to do, what he wants you to do, why he wants you to do it, why he let you come through and and other people aren't here anymore. Why he preserved you. Some of you have some friends that you ran with, you ran to the club, you ran to the party with, you went to school with them and, and they're not here anymore. It's not that God didn't have a purpose for them. Their purpose was snuffed out by the enemy. Right, right. But somehow God, by his mercy, separated you and held you because there's something he really needs you to do that is uniquely you. I'll tell you that, but you're, you're very unique. What you do is for you to do. Y'all got it? There's a scripture I love to, to, to read this. Media, get it for me, please. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, Amplified. Because before you and I were born, again, in fact, before you and I were born, God had a purpose and an assignment and a destiny for our lives. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, Amplified Bible, I'll try to read it. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. How many of y'all are born anew? That means you're born again. Okay, notice what it says, that we may do those good works which God predestined. You see destiny here? Y'all see destiny here? Predestined, planned beforehand. You see pre-planning? So predestined, pre-planned for us, taking paths which he prepared Pre before pair means to cut. So he pre-cut a custom path for your life ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life which he pre-arranged. See all these pre's here? Pre-arranged and made ready for us to live. So God has predestined some things. God has preplanned some things. He has prepared some things. He has prearranged some things. Now, I know this is boring to half of y'all, but just, just, just indulge me if you, for a moment. I want to help you see something here. I want to help you deal with the frustrations of 2020. In fact, some of you, the frustrations beyond 2020. Some of you, you were frustrated in 2019. 2020 just added on to it. Some of y'all have been frustrated since 2012. <laughs> but I want you to understand that something has been predestined, pre planned, prepared, and pre arranged. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, in the King James Version, y'all know this scripture. We hear it all the time. God says, if I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Notice this in here. To give you what? An expected end. So there's an expected end. God was speak, speaking to, to the Jews there, but it applies to us in principle that God has an expected end for our lives. Yeah. God has a place, a place he expects you and me to get to. Right, right. Got it? So he says I know the thoughts And I also like in the more modern translations For example the one uh, we can look at is the NIV Where where he uses his word plans For I know the plans I have for you Y'all see that? For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord Plans to prosper you and not to harm you Plans to give you hope in a future Three times in that verse you see the word plans Everybody say plans. plans Tell your neighbor God has plans for your life and what the devil wants to do is keep you and me from ever knowing and discovering God's plans for our lives. Are y'all listening to me? I mean, that's why he works hard to keep you from getting born again. Spend 20, 30, 40, 50 years out there wandering in the wilderness in darkness and then finally get born again and he's hot. So what he has to do then is once you get born again, all right, I slipped up and let you get born again. I got to keep you away from one of those word churches. Right. Or a New Creation Reality Church, or a Kingdom Word Church. That's going to get you interested, get you d- to get you to start seeking out what God's plan is for your life. He'd much rather have you in a church where they blame your you blame your life on somebody else. Right. The hater churches. Y'all know the hater churches, the hater sermons. Everybody's sermon is, is all about your haters. You got to deal with your haters. It, your, your, life ain't, your life cannot be stopped by your haters, ask Joseph. Joseph's brothers hated him, and it did not stop God's plans for his life. God, God, God told, he told Joshua, he said, no man, Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So if you can ever discover God's plans for your life, boy, you, you, you are success going somewhere to happen. Because when you get into God's plans, it's going to be a better plan than you could ever conjure up. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? People come over there, a little one-year plan, their little three-year plan, a little five-year plan. I've got a 10-year strategic plan for my life and a 20-year strategic plan for my business, all that kind of stuff. On, Throw, that. Yeah. Yes, Throw that out. Because if you've not submitted your plans to God, then your thoughts can't be established. Glory to God. On. Psalm 127, I think is verse 1. Somewhere in there says, except the Lord build a house They labor in vain who build it Goes on to talk about How come you stay up all night long Trying to figure out stuff you, you go without sleep, you go without food Trying to figure out what to do He said, no, if the, if the Lord don't build it You stay awake in vain You see, so your plans Pale in comparison to God's plans So the devil wants to do what he can To keep you and me from ever learning God's plans for our lives Hallelujah For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans. God is a master planner. God is a master planner, He's a master designer. Elder Jeff told us this morning, Psalm 139, 14, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a wonderful designer. You're designed like God. The devil didn't want you to know that. He didn't want you to ever get a God image. So he's a master designer. He's a master architect. He's a master choreographer. I know what choreographers are. They, they, they plan dances. Paula Abdul used to be a choreographer. Rosie Perez used to be a choreographer. Y'all remember some of those old old people I'm talking about? Going back to the 80s and 90s on y'all. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, what's Felicia Rashard's sister? Debbie Allen. Fame. I'm gonna live forever. Y'all remember that TV show from the 70s? Fame. Remember Leroy? God bless Leroy. God bless Leroy. I think Leroy has some issues. But God is a a master choreographer. He knows how to plan everything out. Now, if he's a choreographer, if he's the planner, then he has everything set step by step. That's why your Bible says the steps. Come on, help me out. Uh, Am I in the right church tonight? The steps of a good man, come on, are ordered by the Lord, and what else? And he delights in his way. Uh Uh-huh, y'all gotta catch Y'all, Y'all had the first half. Y'all had part A down. Praise God. And he delights in his ways. Oh, it's on the screen now, yeah. And the Lord, he delights in his way. I never knew it was another part. Yeah, that's See, I grew up culture. We didn't know there were verses to whole songs. We didn't know. Verses, man. Praise the Lord. Do we got a hymn book. Oh, it's a verse of that song. Praise God. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. My steps are ordered. Ordered. God puts my steps in order. Are y'all hearing me tonight? So God... Based on his plans Based on his choreography Orders my steps You and I Don't know The whole scheme The whole plan So our Challenge If you allow Is to trust him And walk step by step Day by day Y'all, some of y'all remember that old song. We'll make this journey. Step by step, day by day. I got these old school people up front too. All right, some of y'all remember this one. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you. Right? Well, a good thing is because that's all you get. Tell your neighbor, that's all you get. <laughs> one day at a time. That's all you can get. You don't get 10 years at a time all you get us one day at a time and at each day you have to trust God to guide you every step of the way. and our steps are ordered by the Lord. He puts our steps in order. So we don't know the end but his thoughts are to get us to the expected end. So I have to trust him to take this step. And if I don't hear anything else, I stay on that step. But when I hear something, I take another step. Even if I don't understand this step, I'm on a journey, I'm on a pre planned, pre arranged, prepared, predestined path. Man, this is helping me already. So I've got to keep myself from getting frustrated, Chris. i got to make sure I don't allow myself to get frustrated, and I have been. Do I have any witnesses here? I have been because I wanted to jump from this step way down over there. Like, God, what's up? God, how long is it going to be? How long is it going to take? Because I want them to be all the way over there already. And God said, no, it's step by step, day by day, right? We're going to make this journey. here. It's just one step at a time. Oh, y'all hear me tonight. Now, let me show you something here. Because like I said, some of y'all, uh, 2020 has been uh, frustrating uh, but some people, you've been frustrated since 2012 and 2008. Because some of you, you've had, you've had a word from God for a long time. Anybody here like that? God has, God has shown you something, whether in a dream or in a vision, and it was so real. Anybody had a dream 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and it was so real, and you knew God was showing you something about yourself, something about your future, and you figured this was going to happen the next week, the next day, the next month. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll come on this side since you're talking. But here it is 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, and it still hadn't manifested yet. And I I come in tonight to encourage you that God is taking you step by step. Your steps are ordered by the Lord and he delights in your way. I want to encourage you for those of you who've been waiting a long time. Psalm 33 verse 10 and 11. Psalm 33 verse 10 and 11. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love Psalm 33. It's so powerful. One of my favorite verses down there is right around verse 4. Let me get to it. I think it's verse 4. The word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. <laughs> Another one of my favorite verses I use all the the time in praise words is verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. God just breathed this whole thing out. (laughs) And now look at verse um, 10 and 11, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. That's why you and I don't have to worry about what's being, what's going on out here in this secular world. <laughs> there are some evil plans out there that have been that have been contrived and conspired for 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 decades. Evil men, wicked men, have conspired. And have infiltrated every sector of our society, education and agriculture and business and entertainment and everything to bring their evil plans and plots to pass. But the Bible says he brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples what? Of no effect. Now look at verse 11, please. Here's our encouragement. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Now, y'all have that. Remember what we saw in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 in the NIV. I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a future and a hope, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and so forth. So plans, plans, plans. Notice what it says here. His plans, the plans of his heart to all generations. They stand to all generations. You see that yeah. that the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart implied verb stand mm-hmm. to all generations. Yes, now, what does that mean? This means that whatever plans God has, it even if it has to, even if it spans generations, oh it's going to come to pass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One of my favorite. Uh, phrases to read in the Bible is and it came to pass when I see that boy I get excited because that means that something God spoke before it manifested it's been fulfilled which means that no word from God's word is without power or impossible of fulfillment if God said it he'll do it if he spoke it he'll make it good y'all hear me on this tonight So the Bible says that his plans, the plans of his heart, they stand to all generations. So no matter how old the plan is, it will come to pass. That there are some plans of God that that are grander plans. For example, if God planned on um, uh, for uh, Elder Baker uh, to meet that, that may not have been a multi-generational plan That would be uh, planned out and accomplished in your lifetime But when there's something that's on a, on a larger scale It may span multiple generations Okay, how do you know? Okay, for example, when God spoke to, spoke to, to uh, Abraham in Genesis 15 and Genesis 17, and God told him He said, your, your descendants are going to go down into Egypt and serve a country He said, but after 400 years, they're going to come out. Now, they didn't go down into Egypt right away. They went down into Egypt almost 400 years after God gave Abraham that word. So that word from God, that plan spanned, it stood for many generations. And when they came out, they didn't come out empty-handed. Because God had told Abraham back in Genesis 15, they're not going to come out empty-handed. They're going to come out with their hands full when they come out. And no matter what happened, that's why God had to arrange for those women to go to the, all those, those uh, Egyptians and get all that gold, all that silver, all their clothing, everything off them because God had told Abraham generations ago. You see, so his plans, they endure or they stand to all generations. Can y'all see this? Y'all sure? Sure. So if God has plans and maintains those plans for generations, then if God spoke something to you in 2012, oh man, oh man, y'all must already be in Christmas vacation mode. If God spoke something to you in 2008 and 2000 and 1995 and for me in 1989 when he started speaking things and showing me things about my life back in 1989 when I got born again, uh-huh. then if it takes a couple decades, uh-huh. on, no. his plans stand yes, to all generations. But what the devil wants me to do is to get frustrated and quit and start to think that somehow God forgot about either me or forgot what he said. Or that God changed his mind. Or that God doesn't have the power to do what he said he would do. And if he doesn't, then you have to question his existence. Am I talking to at least four people here? Help me out. Help me out, somebody here. Has that happened to anybody here over, your, over the course of your time with the plans that God has given you, the things that God has, has shown you, things you've seen? Has there come a time where the devil has gotten into your mind to try to tell you, you know, just, just forget it. Let that go. Obviously, that wasn't God. That was just a dream, just let that go. Things have changed. That was then, this is now. And one of the things he'll do is he'll try to get you to, to see uh, and, and, and assess where you probably disqualified yourself. Oh, i right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Where you disqualified yourself because you did something, you slipped, you fell into sin, whatever it is. It's the trick of the enemy because because the plans of God's heart, they stand to all generations. So his plans still stand even if you fall. He didn't change his mind. He'll come and nudge you by the Holy Ghost to repent. Somebody shout repent. To confess your sins to him So he can forgive you And cleanse you And pick back up again where you left off Because his plans didn't change Oh man y'all struggling God told Abraham I'm going to give you a son God didn't tell Abraham Go out there and have a baby with Hagar God didn't tell Abraham to do that He did it, messed up, and God still didn't change his plan. God already promised David I'm going to give you a king. I'm going to give you a son that's going to be on the throne forever. God didn't tell tell David go lay with Bathsheba. But God still had a plan for David's life. And because David repented right away, God called my man after my own heart. I'm I'm trying, I'm trying So God has not Forgotten you God has not changed his mind And he can do what he said (laughs) God can do everything he said Apostle Derber, My spiritual father says this Quite often he says God is not a God of disappointments He's the God of divine appointments. Say that God is not a God of disappointments. disappointments. He's the God of divine appointments. appointments. So God will never disappoint you. Did you hear what I said? God will never, ever, ever disappoint you. If God has given you a word, he's not going to let you down. Now parents will disappoint you. Spouses will disappoint you. Friends will disappoint you. Your children will disappoint you, but God will never disappoint you. In fact, He's the God of divine appointments. Hallelujah. In Luke 1:45, in the King James Version, I want you to see this here. Hallelujah. It says: this is when Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, encounters Mary. Mary goes to visit her after she finds out she's, she's pregnant, gonna have a child. And she finds out that Elizabeth is pregnant. She goes to visit her. And listen to what Elizabeth says to her. Elizabeth says, and blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So there's going to be a performance of those things. So whatever God told you, he's going to perform it. The Bible brings up in Romans chapter 4, it says that Abraham became fully persuaded. That what God had promised, he was also fully able to perform. And you and I must be fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is fully able to perform. If God said it, he can do it. And not only can he do it, but he will do it. God never comes telling us all things he can do. He always comes to tell us what he will do. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's going to be a performance. Now, now watch this. Let's get into the gist of his here. Because for a performance to be excellent, for a performance, how many of you have ever been to a performance? You've been to a play, to a Whatever. Been to an orchestra. For performance to be excellent, everything and everyone must be in the right place at the right time. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Yes,
0: sir. In other words, stage actors know how to be on cue. Any of y'all here with thespians? Let me explain thespians. Let me no, like, no Pastor, I, I was never like that. Thespian is an actor and actress. It's a person who performs. Thespian. In theater. Anybody took drama in school? Okay, all right. So you had, you had cues to know when to say something or when to do something. And you always listen for your cue. You watch for your cue so that when the cue came, you responded at the right time. You always got to the right place. Any of y'all played in in, in symphonic band or jazz band or any kind of band? Nobody, just a few of y'all. When you read music, the whole point of a score, the music sheet, What's to make sure you didn't blare your B flat at the wrong time? I'm all right, Jada. I got another trumpet player over there. Jada plays trumpet. You got you to make sure you, you, you play that note at the right time, Jada, right? <laughs> She's so embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to hear the timpani in the wrong place. Right? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me deal with some of y'all. I don't... Okay, let me, let me deal with the sports fans. Football. Chris, okay. Football. Uh, one, one, of, one of the... Uh, one play that, that's run between uh, quarterbacks and receivers is a timing route. And on, on a timing route, the, the quarterback is going to throw the ball. He's not looking for the receiver. He's looking for a spot. So it's up to the receiver to get to the right place at the right time. So when he gets there, the ball meets him there. And they practice this over and over and over to get timing down, to get timing down, to get timing down. You you ever heard heard anybody say, wow, you have perfect timing? This morning, my wife and I, we had come to prayer here at the church. And uh, so we, we we're heading home because I know I have a, um, uh, an air-conditioned technician coming to my house to do our you know, fall checkup and everything, make sure our air-conditioning system is working just fine. Praise God. Fall, well, it's winter now, but it's fall checkup. Praise God. Um, whatever. He's coming to do a, do a service for us. And uh, so we're, we're running a few minutes behind. He said he was going to be behind. So we kind of casually got there. Well, what we didn't know was when we got there, he was already there. So we pull up in the driveway, and there he is at our front door, and uh, he's fully masked. Here's a brother. He's fully masked. And I know by now he's run a doorbell, and he's probably knocking on the door, and I know my kids. And I mean, in, in a mask too, somebody we don't know him. <laughs> Some of y'all know Joe, he ain't no small guy either. In a mask? No, no. And, but we pulled up at the perfect time. That's what you call perfect timing. See, you have to be in the right place at the right time. Now, part of that. Is your obedience to God. Obedience. To God. But obedience. To his guidance. So the Bible says that the Lord will. uh, Lead you in the way you should go. He will guide you with his eye. He will guide you with his eye. So God is trying to guide us along this path, that's why God told Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 7, he said when, I, when, I, when you get this word, meditate this word, and don't turn to the left nor to the right. That's right. Right, right, right. Because his word is going to guide you. Yes, Thank you, Holy oh, Ghost. His word, Psalm 119 verse 105, is a lamp unto our feet, come on, light. a light unto our path. You see, so the word of God mean, scriptures are coming up in me. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your word brings light, gives understanding to the simple. It shows the simple how to to walk. See? See? So we have this light that God is trying to guide us. Thank you, Jesus. Now, His guidance is trying to get us to the right place Hmm? at the right time. time. Which means it's possible to be at the right place at the wrong time. time. It's also possible to be at the wrong place At at the right time. And most people get in trouble because they're in the wrong place. At the wrong time. How many of you ever had that happen to you? You in the wrong place at the wrong time. Come on. Can I get a witness on that for real? You get arrested. What, what, what you do, Mama, what? Mama, mama. Uh, how you end up, how you get arrested? I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, I guess. I told you not to be hanging around them old nappy head people. I told you not to Told you them kids weren't right, they weren't no good for you. God's goal is to get you and me to the right place at the right time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's all about timing, Elder Baker. It's timing, it's timing, it's timing, it's timing. And our frustration is we don't know the time. Help me out, somebody in this church. We don't know the time. We wanted the wanted time to be right after he spoke the word. We wanted the time to be right after we saw the vision, had the dream. We wanted the time to be right way back then. But that's not how it works. In fact, the bigger the plans, the more time it's going to take. If it's a little plan, then it, he can get you there in a couple days. But if it's a big plan for your life, it's going to take some time to maneuver. To get you and me to the right place at the right time. Tell your neighbor, don't be frustrated. God will get you to the right place at the right time. Now that's what our scripture said to us here in Luke 2. Remember Luke 2 in verse 6 when it said, So it was that while, while is time, they were there, there is place. (laughs) So it was that while they were there, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. So while they were there at this particular time in that particular place, the time came for her to be delivered. Now, y'all just stick with me here for give me give me a few more minutes here. Thank you, Lord. While they were there, I say while they, were there. while they were there. So there are a lot of things that had to happen to get us to verse six right. Right. because the Bible is explicit in telling us while they were there you can just read it and just say oh okay, yeah, while they were there no no while they were there there was a particular there they weren't just anywhere they were here in the city of David Bethlehem because that's, they, I'll show you this here in a minute. They had to be there. Right, at that time. Right, right. Oh, glory to God. Let me, let me just show you a few things here. God needed first the right people in the right place. He, or should I say this, I'm sorry. The right people in place. He needed the right people in place. Let me show you something here. Everybody say Mary. Okay, why did God need Mary? Why was she significant? Isaiah 7 verse 14. Isaiah 7 verse 14 says this. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Notice it says the virgin shall conceive. So God in his divine arrangements had to locate a virgin i'll show you here in a in a couple of moments and not just any virgin okay so a virgin the virgin shall conceive and bear a son now luke 1 verse 26 to 28 let me let me show you something luke 1 26 to 28 Says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Keep going, please. To a virgin, betrothed to a man. So there's not just any virgin. Betrothed means engaged. Some translations would even say married. Okay? But betrothed, because we know she wasn't married yet, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David. Don't forget, I'll come back and show you that in a minute. So this wasn't just any Mary. Not just any virgin. She had to be a virgin who was going to marry a Joseph who was of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, 28, 28, come on. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. In other words, out of all the women on this planet out of all the women of Israel, out of all the virgins of Israel, out of all the virgins who themselves probably said the word of God and they knew, they knew Isaiah seven fourteen, And they were just hoping, I'm just hoping, just hoping that I might be that virgin that God chooses. And the angel says, you the one. Now, we read Luke 7:14. Remember, we read uh, Philippians. I'm sorry, Psalm 33 verse 11, which says that His plans stands all generations. Between Luke 7:14, I'm sorry, between Isaiah 7:14, behold the virgin shall conceive, and Luke 1:26 to 28 is 700 years. That didn't move anybody. See, some of y'all ready to quit. You've been waiting seven days for God to move in your life. Seven days, Lord. I don't wait a seven days. You ain't moved yet. I've been believing you for seven days. Lord, I've been fasting seven whole days. Lord, Hallelujah, Lord. Lord. 700 years. Remember, his plans stand to all generations. Are y'all catching this so far? So for 700 years, that word is out there. And that word is working. And he, God is, through 700 years, going to find the exact woman on this planet that he's going to use to fulfill this word. Seven weeks. I've been waiting seven weeks, Pastor, seven weeks. Seven years. I've been waiting seven years. The Lord told me something seven years ago. I still ain't got nothing come to pass yet. Well, you trooper, you. My point to you is if you keep standing, whatever God showed you, whatever God said, he's making arrangements in the earth. And if you'll follow his voice, obey his voice, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 and 2. If you'll only obey his voice, he'll make sure you at the right time will be in the right place for your manifestation. He can't get into you yet because you're not in the right place yet. Or he can't get into you yet because it's not the right time yet. He needs time and place to match up, he needs time and place to be synced together. So, why are you getting frustrated and throwing it in a towel? Well, no, pick your towel back up. Get back in the race because God is going to get you and me and every one of us in the body of Christ to the right place. Somebody shout hallelujah. to Luke 1, 27. Luke 1, 27. Luke 1, 27. Hallelujah. Luke 1, 27. Notice when we read this, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was what? Joseph Joseph of what? The house of David. Now, why this particular one? Because... God's truth, his plans will stand to all generations. Go to Jeremiah 23, verse 5. He had to be from the house of David. Remember, God's getting the right people. Jeremiah 23, verse 5. Let's read what it says here. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness, a king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. You see this? I'm going to raise to David. This is, a, this is a messianic prophecy. It's a prophecy about the Messiah. So notice it says raise to David. Okay, that to move you. Okay, give me stay in Jeremiah. Give me chapter 33, verse 17. Jeremiah 33, verse 17. It says, for thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. Never lack a man. Now, if you understand, men die. But this one that was to come of the house of David, he would come and live and reign forever and ever and ever. Jesus Christ will never die. So this man that God will use had to be of the house of David. He's got to get the right people in place. In your life, he's getting the right people in place. In this ministry, he's getting the right people in place. In the body of Christ, I'm convinced right now more than ever, God is getting the right people in place. There are some people who have been in place, but they're the wrong people. And there's been some people like us who've been been here, but it hadn't been our time yet. But we're coming upon a day very soon where God's getting the right people in the right place at the right time for what he's going to do in these last evil days. Can you say amen? amen? Now, so between Jeremiah 33 and the book of Jeremiah and what we read in Luke is 600 plus years God don't play whatever he plans it cannot be stopped so don't you quit after six weeks Come on. six months Come on. and six years Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, you're it's going to take me 600 years? No, 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 I'm not saying that, what I'm saying is whatever he said is going to happen You just got to get to the right place at the right time. All right, now, go back to Luke 2. Go back to Luke 2. Hallelujah. So we have Mary and we have Joseph. Okay, now we got some some else we got to fulfill here. Give me Luke 2 verse 4, please. Luke 2 verse 4. We read this earlier tonight. At the beginning. Joseph... No, go, go, back, go back to verse uh, 3. Let me see that real quick. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own. own city. This is important, his own city. Verse 4. Verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea. Judea. That has to be his own city. Right. So Joseph has to be of Judea. Right. To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David He had to be of David Because that's what the prophet said So 600 years later He's got to be of the house of David Okay And notice it says here He goes out of the city of Nazareth That's where he was living But he was born In Judea Now Judea Is the Greek form of the Hebrew word Judah Judah Judah, come on, sense of God, Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. So there's Bethlehem of Judah. Now, why Judah? Remember, God's getting everything in place. Genesis 49, verse 1. Genesis 49, verse 1. We have Jacob, one of the patriarchs, prophesying over his, over his sons. Genesis 49, verse 1. It says, and Jacob called his sons and said, gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. He's prophesying about something in the distant future, in the last days. Now go to verse 10, please. Verse 10. Notice what Jacob tells Judah, his son. The scepter, that's the royal scepter, shall not depart from Judah. Judah. nor a lawgiver from between his feet, means from his loins, until, everybody say shallow. Shallow, shallow here is a Hebrew word. It's, it's the word peace. Jesus Christ comes as the king and the prince of peace. So that Shiloh is a prophetic messianic reference to Jesus. So we can just simply say until Jesus comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people. I know this is boring the heck out of y'all. So in Genesis 49, Jacob prophesized Jesus from Judah. It happens to be exactly 1,854 years later. 1854. Exactly. Are y'all hearing this tonight? Yes, okay, now, let's go back to Luke, what we read here in Luke 2 4. Because God needed the right people in the right place. He's got the right people, right? Yes. We've proven it had to be Joseph and it had to be Mary. Right. Yes. It just had to be. Right. But he also needed to get the right people now in the right place the right place we saw from Luke 2 verse 4 was, well, put it back on the screen for us, please, Luke 2 verse 4. Can we get it? They went back to Judah, Judea it says, but to the city of David called what? Bethlehem. Everybody say Bethlehem. 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 Now why Bethlehem? Why can not they have just done this in Nazareth? Why can not they have just done this in, in, in some other city? Well, there's a prophecy somewhere. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Micah, M-I-C-A-H, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Ephrathah is really just another name for Bethlehem. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, of Judah yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. Notice this capitalization here. The one to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So the one who comes out of you, Bethlehem of Judah, is going to be the one that's always been here. Are y'all seeing this here? So so when you see they had to go back to Bethlehem, there's a reason. Now let's go back, put Luke 2, 4 back on the screen, please. Luke 2, verse 4 back on the screen. Hallelujah. Are y'all learning a thing so far? Is this helping anybody so far? I, I want to help ease the frustration out of your life. I want to help you get your joy back and your peace back and your laugh back and your smile back. Joseph also went, from, went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into, we could call it Judah, yeah. to the city of David, David which is called Bethlehem. Bethlehem because he was of the house of the lineage of David. Now, go to verse, uh, let's, let's keep going, let's keep going, verse 5, verse 5, verse 5, hallelujah. All right, we got it? We, Apple computers, I tell you. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. (laughs) Keep going. Verse 6. Verse 6. So it was. Now is this making sense to you? So it was that while, while, while they were there. So they had to be there. And God, it it just so happens that while they were there, so the right place now sinks with the right time, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Just so happens that she's in Bethlehem of Judah with, with David's descendant. Now, if you've ever studied this, we all, you also understand Mary was also David's descendant too. They're both, they're both of the house of David. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Verse, verse, six, verse seven, rather. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Where? There. In the right place. When? <laughs> okay, let me, let me help you all This is not a coincidence. In fact, in the Hebrew language, there's no such word as coincidence. Y'all missed what I said. In the Hebrew language, they don't have a word for coincidence because they understand their steps are ordered by God. That God divinely arranges the course of their lives. So they don't have a word for coincidence or happenstance. You don't need it. And the problem with many of us, New Testament Christians, is we still think coincidence, happenstance. God is a God of divine appointments. And if you and I would obey his voice and follow his commands and don't turn to the levels of the right, he is going to make sure that you and I are always in the right place at the right time. Man, somebody say amen. Amen. So the timing had to be right for this. Remember I gave you this scripture this past Sunday, Galatians 4 verse 4 in the CEV. Cause people want to know when was Christ born. They got we got we don't have his birthday right. I can tell you when he's born. It says, but when the time was right, God sent his son. And a woman gave birth to him. When the time was right. When the time was right. Which meant it couldn't happen one thousand eight hundred and fifty four years prior to that. It couldn't happen 700 years prior to that. It couldn't happen 600 years prior to that. It couldn't happen 400 years. It couldn't happen 30 years. It couldn't happen one year prior to that. It couldn't happen nine months prior to that. It had to happen at the right time at the right place. And the question for you, ladies and gentlemen, by the way you look at me, is do you trust God's plan enough? To get you in the right place at the right time for your miracle. To get you in the right place at the right time for your blessing, for your manifestation. Do you trust God to get you to the right place at the right time? Thank you, Lord. Now, I ask you that because it's a question I've had to answer for myself. I've been frustrated. I know what I've seen. And the frustration is is in you when what you see doesn't match what you saw. Anybody else to say that day in your life, what I see doesn't match what I saw. (laughs) But if you give God time, if you just cooperate with him, he's going to make sure you're going to get to a place where everything you saw, you will see with your eyes naturally. So the time had to be right. Now, watch this. Can I give you a a few more minutes? Now, go back to Luke 2. Because, remember, they had to be in the right place at the right time. Now, left up to Joseph, there's no prophet. There's no prophetic conference. There's nothing. uh, the The first time he heard God's voice ever. heard an angel to tell him, go ahead and marry that girl. She didn't mess around with you. She didn't mess around on you. It's all right, go ahead and marry her. Don't put her away. That's his first experience with hearing God. Well, then, that's the last time until after this. The only thing he heard was, go ahead and marry her. That's it. He didn't hear anything else after that. Now let me let me show you something. Let me help you out. See, because if you're like me, this has been my frustration, even even recently. Yes, sir. Is we kind of get used to God operating or speaking to us in a certain way, and we always want Him to speak to us in that certain way.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Help me out, somebody. Yes. Well, oh God. When I heard you this one time, you said like this, and you spoke, you know, somebody came and read this prophetic word over my life, and I, I, I'm looking for that same repeat performance. Of, it didn't always work that way. <laughs> Maybe last time you went into a trance and saw something, but this time you may not get a trance. So God speaks to Joseph and says, go ahead and marry her, and then that's it. So now this next move, God works outside of Joseph. Remember now, every prophecy has said they've got to get to Judah, they've got to get to Bethlehem. God doesn't speak to him and tell him to go there. No, he does not. Y'all missing? Y'all missing? Is you missing? Y'all missing? Y'all still? You still trying to catch up? He never spoke to him and said, go to Bethlehem. He never gave him the next word. So here is is Joseph. All of a sudden we get here in Luke 2 and we see some arrangements happening outside of him. Watch Luke 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, I looked up Caesar Augustus. I want to know a little more information about him. Caesar Augustus was the first emperor of Rome. He reigned from January 16th 27 B.C. to August 19th, A.D. 14. That's when he died. But I found out, this is a this is very interesting part. He was the great nephew and then the adopted son of Julius Caesar. You ever heard of Julius Caesar? <laughs> Julius Caesar, if you remember him, how many of y'all remember Mark Antony? And Cleopatra. This, this, this is not fake, this is real story. This is, you studied it in a history book in school. Mark Antony and Cleopatra, and they were contemporaries of Julius Caesar. They worked together. But what happened, Julius Caesar was assassinated, right? But before his assassination, he had adopted because he didn't have any, any legal biological kids. Legal biological kids. And because he never had an illegal biological kids, he adopted Caesar Augustus. That wasn't his name. His, first, his name was Gallia, or something like that before. He adopted him and made him his son. Legally. And as his son, then he made him uh, the sole heir to his will. And the sole heir to everything he would have. I'm, I'm trying to show you divine arrangement. Caesar Augustus, his father, had died when he was a little boy. But God made sure he got adopted by Julius Caesar. This is boring the heck out of some of y'all. Made sure he got adopted by Julius Caesar so that when Julius Caesar was assassinated, Augustus would come into play. And he was actually in an alliance with Mark Antony and Cleopatra and so forth until they fell out. Cleopatra had actually had a child From Julius Caesar So there was a big falling out over territory And land and everything like that And, and finally uh, Mark Antony and, 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 uh, and Cleopatra They committed suicide is what they say Alright here's a story Y'all know you study in history books Mark Antony fell on his sword yeah. Laid in Cleopatra's lap And till he died They say she took a poison and died. What, that, what happened was that now left Caesar Augustus in sole power. He established an empire. Went forth conquering the world. So now he has a world empire. So now the Jews have been brought under the Roman Empire. How could God let that happen? Because there's a prophecy. What I'm trying to show you, ladies and gentlemen, is even if you don't get a direct word from God, God can work outside of you to get you and me to the right place at the right time. So that's why when you read in Luke 2, it says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Everybody got to be registered. Then it says, can I keep going here? This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So it tells us this timing here. Now, if you know anything about this, censuses were unlawful to the Jews. Remember that? God had always told the people of of Israel, don't number the Jews. Don't number what you have. David made a mistake. Remember, David numbered the people. And it brought a pestilence and a plague on the children of Israel. That he had, had to finally repent at the threshing floor. You ever heard of seeing people talking about a threshing floor? That's because he had made a census happen. And God forbid that. But the Jews weren't under their own rule. They were under the Romans rule. So when the Romans called for a census... You best go short for the census Why would God do that? He's trying to get Joseph And Mary Who's carrying Jesus To Bethlehem Of Judah Y'all, some of y'all I
1: don't
0: know what's helping anybody but me <laughs> In fact, can I show you something interesting? In, in Acts 5, verse 37, in Acts five thirty-seven, you see a story uh, uh, where, where Gamaliel is given a statement. He says, after this, after, he said, after this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census." He's talking about what we're reading in Luke 2. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And drew many people away after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. Now, Judas was a Jew. And he rose up in rebellion against this census we just read about in Luke two. He's rebelling against it, but don't understand God's arranged it. That's that's why he perished, and every, and the whole rebellion fell apart. God needed this census to happen. Is right, right, yes, anybody seeing what I'm saying to you? Is there anybody seeing that God has the power to shake everything on this planet To get you in the right place at the right time He can move governments He can move officials He can change corporations He can move things around Just to get you in the right place at the right time So what we see here is that not only had God Divinely connected Joseph and Mary because he had to have Joseph and Mary So I don't know if they were on a dating website Or they went to a speed, speed dating at the Jewish synagogue Whatever they did But God made sure that, jo- that Joseph peeped out Mary God made sure that those two were connected But he had to go bigger than them He had to make sure Caesar Augustus was in place and at the right time in history to order a census that required everybody to leave where they were and go to their hometown to be registered. God knows how to rearrange everything. That's what we get here in our main text and I'll send you home. Joseph went up verse four from Galilee. Out of the city of Nazareth into, this, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Everybody understands that. Yeah. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife who was with child. She's pregnant. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. While she was there, she finished off her pregnancy. And verse 7, she brought forth her child. So God had them in the right place at the right time. And he had to orchestrate all these events. Okay, okay, let me help. Let me help help somebody. Let me help help somebody. God did not let Joseph know what was going on. Joseph was clueless to what's going on. Joseph is doing just being a good husband and taking care of his wife who's pregnant from somebody else. Just a good man. He's gonna raise his stepson, this this like it's his son, his natural son. He's just been a good man. So God, unbeknownst to Joseph, is moving things around. I'm telling you, unbeknownst to you, when you see corporations moving, when you see governments shaking up. When you see things happening through America, when you see things happening throughout the world, don't you get fretful. Don't you get frustrated. Understand God is moving things and arranging things and rearranging things with you in mind. He's trying to get you and me to the right place at the right time. I'm going to give you three examples of this. You don't have to turn over there. Just just give you three examples. Genesis 40, Joseph, who God had already spoken, he's going to be in the palace. He was going to be a royal leader. God divinely arranged for Joseph to be in prison, in prison at the same time that Pharaoh's butler and baker were in the prison. Now, how many of y'all know that prison wouldn't have been his first choice to hang out? But it was, it was part of the, the divine arrangement that he be in prison at the same time as Pharaoh's butler and baker and interpret a dream for both of them. And when that one, whichever one it was that made it out with his head he got there and Pharaoh had a dream, and then they thought back to Joseph. If Joseph had not been in that place at that time, that didn't move anybody. Ruth, Ruth, she's just trying to help out her mother in law. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to be with you. It's just you. The boys are gone, the husbands are gone, and I just got to help take care of you. And I'm going to go out there and glean in this field. And the Bible says, and it happened in Genesis 2. It happened to be in the corner of the field that belonged to Boaz. A few verses later it says, and Boaz all of a sudden rises up at at the right time and looks over and says, hey, who does she belong to? See, she was in the right place, come on. At the right time. By divine arrangement, yes. for, the, for the divine arrangement that God set it up for that way. David, David, First Samuel seventeen. Yes. David just a shepherd, an obedient son. His dad gave him some cheese and bread and so yes. forth. Say, take this out to your brothers and take and sit. you know, check on seats, see how they are, and he doesn't. Oh man, I don't want to take, you know he goes up there and does exactly what his father says. At the right place at the right time he sees Goliath Now David already had a word on his life He had already been anointed as the next king of Israel Y'all missing this David had been anointed the next king of Israel But he went back after that, after that anointing to the shepherd's fields Why? Because although he had the anointing, it was not time. I'm trying to help you get over your frustration about your anointing and the calling in your life and, God, when is going to be my time? When i am going to have my big stage? You'll have it when it's the time. And if you understand the story, it, David spent at least 10 years between the time he was anointed and the time he became king Elisha spent 10 years serving Elijah between the time that Elijah came and grabbed a hold of him he knew his destiny was there and the time he actually became the prophet see because you had to get to the right place by the way Elisha had to make sure he followed Elijah every step of the way so that when that mantle fell he was in the right place at the right time You see, so God knows how to rearrange things yes, sir. to get you where you need to be. Yes, sir. Last scripture, Luke 21, mm-hmm. verse 33. Here's the words of Jesus. Heaven and earth will pass away. <laughs> Y'all better grab hold of this. But my words will by no means pass away. That means that before one of his words ever fails, heaven and earth will fail. That means if you got a word from God, a vision from God, a prophetic utterance from God, then if there's there's still an earth, he's going to bring it to pass. If he has to move people, places and things, he has to shake everything up. Whatever it takes to get you to the right place at the right time. That's what we read in Luke 2, verse 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, so I'm not frustrated I'm not going to let the devil talk me into questioning God I know he's moving things around When he tells me something, I'll do what he tells me to do But when he doesn't tell me anything, I'm going to trust that he's still moving Did y'all catch that? When he doesn't say anything, I'm going to trust that he's still moving God is God, he does not have to tell me everything that he's doing. I couldn't handle if I knew everything he was doing. Hallelujah. Know that, the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Can you say amen? Amen. Say amen again. Now give God a great big hand of praise tonight. Hallelujah. We just sing a song that says, Jesus, he never fails. Jesus, he never fails. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But Jesus, he never fails. I tried him. He never fails. I try him and he never fails. Hallelujah. Oh, heaven and earth shall pass away. Oh, but Jesus he never Oh, Jesus, stand to your feet. He never fails. Jesus, he never fails. Or, tittle of the word of God fails, heaven and earth will pass away. When the Bible says that, it literally means if we were put in our own English vernacular, before one dot on the I or one cross on the T fails, heaven and earth will pass away. So, whatever God has spoken to you, Whatever God has shown you, it shall come to pass. Our job is to obey Him, follow His guidance, heed His voice. Whatever He says unto us, do it. And then don't get frustrated when you don't hear an update, when you don't hear anything. Just trust He's moving in the background. He's working in the background. He's working in the areas that you and I can't see. He's working things that are beyond our pay grade. (laughs) Hallelujah. See, I happen to believe that everything in this planet is working out for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Ephesians. Where is that, Lord? It says over there the media can they can, they can search it for me where it says God works all things according to the counsel of his will. He works all things according to the counsel of his will. Let me define that for me. Hallelujah. Ephesians one eleven. yeah, that's it. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Did you catch that? Yes, sir. We've obtained an inheritance. We've been predestined according to the purpose of him, his purpose, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God's, everything I see being shifted around, rearranged, moved, start, started, stopped, i like, well, that's working towards God's plan for my life.
1: Hallelujah.
0: That's how you no, that's going over in China. What does that have to do with me? <laughs> no, no, you don't understand all things. All things. Man, why they just put a new speed hump on that street? Must be for my good, Somehow. Do you understand that? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's how God works. Yes. To get you and me in the right place at the right time. Yes, Amen? Amen. Lord, tonight, thank you, Lord, for giving us opportunity to spend this time in your word. I pray, Father, that every person who has really listened, that they take heed to this word that we break away from all the frustration that builds up through our impatience because we have great expectation of things happening and many times that expectation is not tempered by patience so Lord tonight we want to just say to you that we trust you come on say Lord I trust you Lord, we trust you that, God, you are working things out according to the counsel of your will, that, Lord, you are bringing your plans to pass in our lives, that, Father, though it may take longer than we would have liked, we know, Father, that you told us in the word, though the vision tarry, to wait for it, for in the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Wait for it, it will surely come. So thank you, Lord, for every vision you've given us, every dream you've given us, every prophetic word you've given us, every time you spoke to us clearly and directly in our hearts and our spirits. God, we don't fret because of time. We don't worry because of circumstances. Oh, God, we know that whatever you have to move around, you'll move around. Whatever you got to shake, you'll shake so that what cannot be shaken will remain so that when we get to that right place, At the right time, we'll be able to fulfill and see what you've spoken in our lives. Thank you for every example, Lord, we've seen in the word. David and Ruth and Joseph and Mary and her husband, Joseph, Father. Thank you, Lord, for those we've seen. God, we know that, Father, you're doing the very same thing in our lives. We trust you. And we look forward to the times when time and place, they sync up together. Hallelujah. And God will testify to the whole world that what you have spoken, you have done it. That because we have believed, there has been a performance of those things that were spoken to us by the Lord. You said, Father, those who come to you must believe that you are, and that you are indeed a reward of those who diligently seek you. That's all we'll do, just seek you and trust you and see you bring to pass your word in our lives. We give you praise and glory and honor for these things tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. Come on, let the Lord know you appreciate the word.